0: Should Bray Wyatt face Rowan Reigns at Wrestlemania? Should we or should we not get a payoff to an old Xavier Woods storyline? And what on earth is next for the fiend character? All that and more on this week's Wrestling With Fiction. But before we do that, I I bought this television off of Craigslist. I know, I'm, I'm a student, I need to save money. And it, it came with a channel that I've never really heard of before. Uh, anyways, I'm I'm just really curious. So
1: just give me a sec here. And here we go. We now return to wrestling with facts. Wait, uh, wrestling with facts is, is isn't that just wrestling with Factional friends, welcome back to Wrestling with Facts. I'm your host, Connor Goober, and and did you know, there's over 176,000 Connors in the United States alone. <laughs> is this some, is this some
0: bootleg f- blues clues I'm watching? Now, I've been a bad person.
1: Uh. But, you all forgive me, right? Oh, googly, googly. But, there is no need to worry. I have strangled all of my earned 30,000 pound financial insecurities and personal anxieties down the bottom of my throat. (laughs) Now, remember my factional friends in these times where over 500 people are killed inside the squared circle I'll plug my show every day all you have to do tune in bye
0: bye
1: see ya bye me I should have watched Cobra Kai and this
0: episode of the wrestling with fiction podcast we'll be discussing is he a man is he a myth? is he a firefly i don't know but it's the fiend bray wyatt on my thoughts on his current situation going into wrestlemania
1: who do i think he could face there and where on earth will he go next so for now tell your friends tell your friendliest friends tell them all to tune in to this new and exciting edition Of the Wrestling With Fiction
0: Podcast! God, I should really just stick to using my laptop. Ladies, gentlemen, and ladies, gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast. My name is Connor, and... Bray Wyatt! In in case you didn't get any type of thing from that, we're we're talking about Bray Wyatt this week. And in case this is your first time coming to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, this is the podcast where I pitch to you at least four ideas that I think could be where Bray could be going next. So, let's just get straight into things. Bray Wyatt is probably one of the most unique characters that you could probably book in WWE at the moment. Probably, for me, one of the last few supernatural characters that we'll likely ever have in this sort of era of WWE. WWE. Especially one that's in a sort of big, significant spot. Like, we've seen how the product's evolved into more wrestling-based characters. Guys like Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, all those people. But Briggway, now, he's in that Undertaker space, and I know there's been comparisons to that. We've seen that this type of act can fail a lot in modern WWE. Sanity's a great example of it. Uh, the Ascension. Remember the Ascension people? They were a really good tag team. But that's all down to sort of like WWE booking and the way they sort of portray that thing. And it's usually very hard for them to get that character right. But aside from some few hiccups... I think the Fiend characters transitioned very well. It's probably one of the best character changes that I can think of. Or at least character reinventions in the past five years. Uh, It's up there with Drew McIntyre when he returned. And for me, he has a lot of intrigue for all of his feuds based around this vendetta that he kind of possesses. All of his feuds from Finn Balor to Randy Orton to Seth Rollins to... Even Roman Reigns, to agree, has been all people connected to his past. And that's a very nice thing in the world of WWE, to have a sense of continuity. And for me, this is going to be very interesting, because it's both restricted my options. And it's made me also think about what could be a very unique scenario. So, let's get into that. So, before we get to our first pitch... I need to preface what the goals I believe Bray Wyatt will have throughout all of these storylines. So, we need to start with a good old tagline. So, in case you don't know what the tagline is, it's a segment on this podcast where I try and pitch to you, in 30 words or less, the goal of what Bray Wyatt's going to do. And I'll give my reasoning as the thing goes on. So, without further ado, let's begin these pitches. Let's begin the tagline. And... Let's begin whatever hell this pitch is going to be. Cue the music, future me. Okay, so the first thing that we need to get out of the way is that the Bray Wyatt character today is a weird mixture between it and a Blue's Clues presenter we have this idea of him being this person who has a vendetta against the people who have wronged him we've already discussed those i won't go into detail about that but one of the other things that we don't really discuss is the duality of his character a person who seeks to both hurt and heal to a point where he even puts his hand on his face multiple times to decide which way he's going to do he's constantly in a battle with himself and it isn't really explored much with his character, particularly with the face-heel dynamics of WWE. So, the way that I've surmised his character, and way I kind of hope I can get across over the course of these next four storyline pitches, is that, let down by his own failures, a former cult leader battles his own thoughts to hurt or heal in order to seek vengeance on those who have wronged him. What does this accomplish? First of all, we get the goal straight out the way, he wants vengeance on everyone who has wronged him, more than you'd likely expect once we get to pitches, there's no repeats in this. Secondly, we have a sense of obstacle, it's himself. It's his own struggles that we've seen kind of examined in the Firefly Funhouse match, and all those other great matches that involved the Fiend character and all his promos. Next, we also have a little bit of action. He's seeking vengeance. He's actively being a freaking horror movie villain. That sounds very fun. I quite like that. And the overall stakes? Well, he's a former cult leader. (laughs) Like, I imagine that you can do a lot with that. There's a good bit of versatility there, and it leaves room to imagination. So, with that that's kind of the basis of what I see if you don't like that idea and you think maybe you could do this better because trust me you probably can I'm a 22 year old film student there are plenty way more smarter people out there tweet me at Connor the Cooper give me your suggestions or even just tell me on Instagram at wrestling with fiction you you can likely do much better than me for this and so with that I believe it's about time we get to our pitches here. So, I think we're going to start with something that's going to present a new dawn for Bray Wyatt. Something that's really going to, you know, take his character in a new direction. Or, more specifically, a new day.
1: It's a no day! Yes, it is!
0: It's Kofi and Xavier. Gonna keep on doing this. Yep, yeah, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. <laughs> Underrated theme song, first of all. But secondly, this might come as a surprise to you, because we've talked about Bray Wyatt's vendetta against people. Bray Wyatt's never had a vendetta against Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. But, one thing with this, they have. But, it's not with the Bray Wyatt character. It's with Husky Harris. And, you know, a little bit of Bray Wyatt here and there, but mostly Husky Harris. So, first of all, the connection to Kofi Kingston... If you go back to Season 2 of NXT, who was on that show? Husky Harris. What happened very early in the second season of NXT? They got beaten the living S-word out of by the NXT pros. One of them being Kofi Kingston of all people. So, very clear first and foremost here. Husky Harris got beaten the living S-word out of by Kofi Kingston. A guy who, up to this point, has been a happy, friendly Jamaican-American-South African man. We don't know what he was really from. (laughs) We're going by WWE logic here. So he already has that. Then, on top of that, we have the whole history of the New Day vs. Wyatt's feud. Do you guys remember the New Day vs. Wyatt's feud? First of all, Super underrated storyline. I think it's probably one of the best New Day feuds they've ever had. And it isn't really talked about nearly as much because of the Usos' New Day feud, which was fantastic. And their sort of rise to the tag titles when they first turned heel. But that's some of the best character work I've seen from the group. Particularly Xavier Woods, who completely sold the idea of Bray Wyatt just terrifying him. And sure, while the Wyatt family won that feud, it didn't really accomplish what Bray Wyatt's goal initially was, which was to kind of manipulate Xavier Woods. I think there was some fantasy booking at the time that assumed, well, other things would happen. So these predictions that I'm going to have for future storyline stuff, there's going to be a little through line with this. Particularly with this one. Which is why I'm starting with this in particular. Because right now we have Kofi Kingston. Who's injured with a broken jaw. And Xavier Woods for the first time. Since I think 2013? 2014? He's on his own again. He just had that match with Retribution. He lost. And Bray Wyatt has disappeared from television. Completely disappeared. And. I think it's time. That we address what I think might be Bray Wyatt's biggest failure. And it's the fact that he failed his family. The Wyatt family. The people who he promised great things. Like Braun Strowman, Luke Harper, rest in peace. And Eric Rowan. All people who in storyline followed him. Because he was destined to give them a sense of purpose and happiness. But at the end of the day, they all flocked off on their own. And went their own separate ways. And for me, that's the biggest failure of Bray Wyatt. It isn't the loss to John Cena. It isn't even the loss to like, any other major player. It's the fact that he couldn't keep his group together. They constantly separate and rejoined. separate and rejoined. So, the imperative of this story is... The birth of a brand new faction. And it's not going to be called the new Wyatt family. It's going to be called the Firefly Funhouse. Now we've already got Bray Wyatt of course. We've got Alexa Bliss. Right now Kofi Kingston's injured. He's out with a whole thing with Star Ferrari. But Xavier Woods is on his own. And for some reason during a match that he has with Retribution. I'm guessing against Mustafa. The lights go out. It's the classic thing that you see with the fiend, but what turns up instead? It's a it's a firefly funhouse thing, and at first we hear the classic old Bray Wyatt do 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 dead, and he's he's terrified because he's getting flashbacks to it. He doesn't have Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods anymore, and we see Bray Wyatt back for the first time in several weeks. It's him on this Firefly Funhouse thing, saying that he's hiring people to be special guests on the Firefly Funhouse. You can find it. Other wrestlers have. Seth Rollins has. uh, Other people have. I'm trying to remember them all, but that's the main one I can think of. Randy Orton! There we go. So he's, he's hiring people. In fact, I mean, Alexa Bliss is there with him. And he mentions to Xavier Wood specifically... You may have given us a new dawn and a new day. But I have a new friend. And the camera tilts to Bo Dallas. You might be wondering why Bo Dallas? Well, guess what? Bo Dallas is still signed and I want to use him. So as of right now, this faction consists and will later consist of Bray Wyatt. Alexa Bliss, Bo Dallas, and Xavier Woods. Bray Wyatt manipulates Xavier Woods, like he did with Alexa Bliss, into joining the Firefly Funhouse. He is their exclusive media correspondent. We have Bo Dallas as the preacher, as a kind of throwback to his old Bow leave gimmick. And how he wanted people to believe, but at the end they didn't believe in him. So now he's preaching the stories of the Firefly Funhouse to everyone in the WWE universe. Alexa Bliss is of course the co-host along with Bray Wyatt. And as the weeks go on with Xavier Woods just having matches against Retribution, he's losing and losing again. His clutches don't go to Retribution. It goes to the Fiend. And it goes to the Firefly Funhouse. Which Xavier Woods feels increasingly entranced by. And just as Kofi Kingston is about to return. And he's looking for Xavier Woods. We have the moment. Where Kofi Kingston sees on the Tron. After having a match against Mustafa. And a am assuming a very good match. As Mustafa's been trying to build that whole thing. Bray Wyatt. With Xavier Woods. Bo Dallas. And Alexa Bliss, standing there. Bray, of course, saying, you know, in his classic sort of Firefly Funhouse thing. We've been waiting for you, Kofi. In fact, Xavier's been waiting for you. But you were too late, Kofi. You were too late. So tune in next week. And of course, I always like the way. But if you want to talk to Woods... You just have to let me in. Bye! You know, all that classic stuff. And then it's the story of Kofi Kingston, like with Nikki Cross, because I want to tie that in, trying to rescue their former best friends from this psychopathic former cult leader who's just trying to redo all of his past mistakes. What do we gain from this specifically? Well, first of all, We get a nice little Kofi Kingston singles run. Maybe something to, if you want, build up Kofi for a potential world title match again. Because he can still be a contender for that. You give kind of New Day a bit of a break. Which is, I think you kind of need right now. Because it doesn't feel the same without Big E. And it gives Bray Wyatt a a new thing to do. That isn't just kind of a lot of the repetition of the funhouse. Which is destroy Rambling Rabbit... Uh, bring back Huskis, the pig boy, and all that stuff. You bring in new cast members, and it presents a new interesting threat. One that also kind of utilizes kind of underrated talent. I think Bo Dallas is someone who wasn't really given a fair shake in the B-team, in the Miztourage, and all of that stuff. His Bo Leave gimmick was super underrated down in NXT. It's already reinvented Alexa Bliss's career. It looks like she might be going for a woman's title shot. And it does something that I've always wanted to see. And I've talked about this on Twitter before. Having Xavier Woods just have some really good singles matches. I think the contributions that he's done to WWE alone should warrant him a much bigger sense of spot in a company. Particularly, like, the stuff that he's done for the gaming community, his type of ambassador sort of role within the WWE. He's a host of G4 now. There's a ton of upside to Xavier Woods. And he's one of those guys who I think a lot of people sleep on as a member of the New Day. Just from his wrestling ability, because he's a fantastic promo. But I don't think people give him enough credit for his in-ring ability, because we've we've been clamoring for the Kofi Kingston World title run that we got. And now we're clamoring for Big E. I think people really kind of undervalue what Xavier Woods is capable of. And the fact that he basically reinvented himself from the ground up in WWE from an incredibly low position on the card. Like, he had Brodus Clay's entrance music. He's never had his own entrance music. (laughs) So I think that would have a really fun just sort of storyline to it. You can tie in Nikki Cross again. And have some mixed tag matches between, like, Alexa Bliss and Kofi Kingston. You know, really play with, like, the sort of mind games being played by Bray Wyatt. Kind of present The Fiend as kind of a puppet master. In sort of the veins of the old Bray Wyatt gimmick. But also kind of keep the fret without really overexposing The Fiend. I think The Fiend has a risk of being overexposed at this point. Considering how long he's been on the roster for. Plus, it kind of ties into The Fiend's sort of vendetta against, like, a lot of wrestlers. In some way, I think you can argue that the stuff with Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston kind of derailed a lot of the things for Bray Wyatt. Because right after that, the faction split up again. A whole other thing. And for me, it gets over Bray Wyatt in a new, interesting feud... It creates this whole new faction, which, spoilers, I'm probably going to use this some more in a future pitch. Plus, it gives us a new credible threatening faction that could rival Drew McIntyre. Because it feels like there is no heel or babyface right now that can beat Drew McIntyre. So yeah, that's kind of the basis of it. And for me, it has a really fun payoff in Xavier Woods reuniting with Kofi Kingston because we know the history of the New Day. We know how close they are in real life and in sort of wrestling storyline. You also got that potential thing with Alexa Cross and Alexa... (laughs) Alexa Cross? Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, which could be good. And plus you got the whole thing with Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt being together, which feels like something that we never really got before. And it makes sense for them to be together. Because in case you didn't watch NXT, he tried to recruit Bo Dallas before. So it's also a redo on that. Oh, there's there's so much I think you can do with this. And so I won't keep you any longer for some more future stuff. So we're going to go on to the next pitch. And it's one where I think it's time for Bray Wyatt. To play the game, so to speak. It's Motorhead's Forgotten Son! It's Try! Oh, I'm sorry, not Try. Triple H! So, this, I'm gonna say first and foremost, this is purely because I want a Firefly Funhouse match too. That's just what I'm going to say right now. It's because I want a Firefly Funhouse match too. I think Triple H would be a fantastic sequel to that match. John Cena was bloody brilliant. Being a whole like deconstruction of his character. So many in jokes in there. The look but you can't touch. The whole thing about the NWO and John Cena. How he's kind of a whole like meathead thing. I can't believe Vince McMahon approved it. Still baffles my mind that he approved it all. And if there's anything that I think Triple H would agree to having as a match, it would be a cinematic match like the Firefly Funhouse match. And it ties into Bray Wyatt incredibly well. You've already got a little bit of subtext with it. Because you have the Bray Wyatt tease of him facing Triple H. Back when he won the WWE Championship. You know it was right around sort of the roadblock period. Where it was Dean Ambrose versus Triple H. And Bray Wyatt came out. And there was kind of a brief tease there. Which they never really followed up on. So that's a great vendetta there. Because you can argue that Triple H using his own sway. Held back Bray Wyatt. You can say that he's out for revenge for that. He's actively using Vince McMahon as a parody on his own Firefly Funhouse. So the way that I can see this all sort of like being a build up to is it's going to sound hokey, but the Fiend is inherently hokey. So I think you can get away with it. And it's kind of the rerun that we never really got, which was. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Vince McMahon blowing up in a limo story, but we change it just a bit. We change it to Vince McMahon getting kidnapped or being taken away because for all the problems that suddenly people are allowed to enter the fun house from out of nowhere, there is some fun stuff that you can do with this. First of all, we can have this whole story about how, because you know WWE loves to praise Vincent Kennedy McMahon as being this omnipotent being who runs all of WWE we're gonna have a thing where Bray Wyatt kidnaps Vince McMahon and Triple H is on a search for him and he's looking for him and then all we see when this first thing goes about because at first I think it's just a story on Raw where Triple H is just wondering where Vince McMahon is he wants to stop this whole thing with Randy Orton that happened last week I'm tying it all into that and he's looking for Vince McMahon so he goes to Connecticut And he gets to Vince's office. And Vince isn't there. But what is there instead. Is Vince McMahon's puppet. From the Firefly Funhouse. That over the next few weeks. As we build up to WrestleMania. Because this is a WrestleMania idea. You build to Triple H just trying to find the Funhouse. He looks for Seth Rollins. He looks for John Cena. People who have entered this thing. Somehow, someway. Because Bray Wyatt has nearly essentially disappeared after being lit on fire by Randy Orton. You know, we can build up this whole thing. We're in the Royal Rumble feud. We got Bray Wyatt facing Randy. He beats him. And then Triple H asks him where he's been. Maybe you can say that he doesn't remember. Which can explain how people who have entered the Funhouse just seem to change all of a sudden. Like Seth Rollins. John Cena. All these people who somehow, like, entered and left... So, kind of tie into that and explains why nobody else can really find the Funhouse. It's almost like a mythical thing that people can just randomly find out of nowhere. Kind of like a ghost. And I know that sounds stupid, but hey, wrestling's stupid. You can do this stuff. So that happens. And we build to Firefly Funhouse Match 2 Triple H versus Bray Wyatt. Where we can go back... As far as his WCW days as Terror Rising, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, all of those things that Bray Wyatt can just have a complete deconstruction of. You can have the bit, as I've already like alluded to, back when Shawn Michaels tried to get over Triple H as Try. <laughs> Whoa there, Try! Yowie, wowie! <laughs> we can go to all these other things about the old CM Punk, like, pipe bomb promo about how when he takes over, he's going to be no better than Vince McMahon. That's a cool idea that you can sort of play into it. Also, the whole thing with Evolution and how it was just a thing to get him over and nobody else. His reign of terror during that sort of 2004 period. The whole thing about him just kind of selling out and being this corporate entity. There's a lot of good history stuff you could do. I'm basically saying that you can take inspiration from the Max Landis Wrestling Isn't Wrestling video. That's kind of my main idea for it, that you can kind of take hell. If you want, get Max Landis on there. And if you've not seen what Wrestling Isn't Wrestling as a video, it's bloody fantastic as a whole thing going from Triple H. Go watch it. It's brilliant. If you haven't, it's kind of the basis of where I think this whole thing could be taken, plus with some extra added stuff. And we build to what I think could be Triple H's final proper stint before he's fully the, you know, owner of WWE. Where, like with the whole Bray Wyatt thing where he beat John Cena, it's Bray Wyatt essentially erasing Triple H from history in some weird fashion. And kind of presenting this brand new era in WWE. One build... With stars old and new in this kind of weird continuity of the Firefly Funhouse. That's kind of what I'm thinking with this. I think it could be really fun. It's a way to get Triple H onto WrestleMania and build up a new up-and-coming talent. I know I said new and -and up-and-coming talent, but what I mean is kind of like a main event. Because I don't think they fully trusted Bray Wyatt in that kind of of face-of-the-company spot. Like they've done with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and others. I think he's kind of on that cusp. He's kind of in that Undertaker spot. I feel like this would kind of give him a lot more stock in within WWE. Plus, I think Triple H could do it now. He can put him over. So, yeah, that's kind of the basis of that. So... I'm going to move on to my third pitch. And so, I should tell you that this could be the next big thing.
1: Hi there, my factional friends. Welcome back to Wrestling With Facts. Ah, googly-googly! Did you know that- Oh, I think we've got a guest! (laughs) Well, if it isn't Jerry the Giraffe! How are you doing there, Jerry? (laughs) You don't want to talk? Well, I've got some facts for you, Jerry! Did you know that giraffes, like yourself, only really die from two natural causes. One, by the giraffe's ever-so-present mortal coil quenching to life, and two, by the routinely being struck by lightning, Jerry! That could be you, Jerry! Isn't that great? <laughs> what else is there you gonna do for me, Jerry? You gonna talk now? <laughs> well, googly goobly, Jerry! Well, I think I should tell you some more facts, Jerry. That's what the people wanna know, Jerry. Did you, did you know that once you send money over to a giraffe, they don't pay you back, Jerry? Did you know, Jerry, that if you send 30,000 pounds to a giraffe who wants to be a guest on your show, they'll never give it back to you, Jerry? Did you, did you not know that, Jerry? It's a, it's a, such a weird thing. Can you, can you tell me more about it, Jerry? Or, maybe... Give me back my money, Jerry! You're a stuffed giraffe, Jerry! Give me back my money, Jerry! Give me back my money, Jerry! (laughs) What the... What just
0: happened? I, I turned the TV off. It, it it just came back on. but yeah, I don't think that's the weirdest thing that I just seen. Uh, yeah, a uh, Brock Lesnar we're, we're gonna move on from that. So yeah, Brock Lesnar's in the idea. uh we had that whole promise of Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar that we never really got. Another thing that was given to Dean Ambrose and not Bray Wyatt. That's a thing. Plus, I don't know if Brock Lesnar's going to stay or not. I feel like that could be a fun little feud. The sort of unprotected Lesnar, now that he's lost to Drew McIntyre, against The Fiend sounds pretty cool. You know, give The Fiend a big win, you know, to make up for the big loss against Goldberg. Uh, The mandible claw, I think it'd be a very cool thing to knock him out with. Help, maybe if you want Brock Lesnar, he can get out of it at first. And then he tries to go for the F5, but he's still, like, gasping for air. Because we know from the Royal Rumble that he's suddenly getting a lot more tired. He can't really have super long matches. I think there's a fun little story there. You can have some Firefly Funhouse stuff. uh, Maybe even a little bit with Paul Heyman. And him trying to, like, manage both Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Maybe that's overkill, but maybe that just isn't enough overkill. It's WWE. (laughs) And you have yourself a bit where he's just talking about how he had another missed opportunity. A thing with Brock Lesnar, a man who was a traveling champion, but not to the shows, to a UFC events and to drug testing and all these other things that Brock Lesnar has (laughs) been Like criticized for. Cheap pops, if you say so. And you build this thing. This thing between Bray Braywire and Brock Lesnar that culminates at an event. I didn't really think of one specifically. And you know what? Keep the whole faction idea from the first idea. You got some people Brock Lesnar can beat the living S-word out of. Bo Dallas is a guy whose job to so many people that's perfectly fine. Woods would be cool. Because then you get him some good exposure. Maybe you give him a couple good shots in. To sort of elevate the credibility of Xavier Woods. And you just have Alexa Bliss be the harbinger of death. Warning Lesnar that he's coming for you. Maybe you get a couple of fun segments. Where you go to Brock Lesnar's shoot film house. And the fiend invades. Because I think that could be fun. Make the fiend a ghostly character all you want. Make him this unstoppable force that even Brock Lesnar can't do. Have him put in the Kimura on Bray Wyatt and have it be like he snapped his arm and then he just, like, knocks it and he puts it back into place. I think that's a fun thing. Bray Wyatt's character is one that's supposedly been possessed by something, if we're going by that, like, Halloween vignette before The Fiend was created. If you don't know what that is, uh, Parts for Known does a great explain series on it. It's a lot of very cool, interesting stuff about The Fiend. I recommend it. It's a cool thing. So, yeah, that's a fun little thing. You build up that. Maybe you can get the Wally the Walrus thing that was on the Firefly Funhouse once. You add it in to it just to add a little bit more fun WWE continuity. And, yeah, you got yourself a cheeky little feud. And with it, what do you get out of it? Well, you get a potential new big extra rise for Bray Wyatt. You get Brock Lesnar on TV and that isn't just him beating every single person in sight. Brock Lesnar is still an attraction to some extent because you're putting him in there with a guy who you kind of value as a main eventer. Brock Lesnar doesn't really lose often which is an incredibly special thing and regardless of what you view Brock Lesnar as, he's still ultimately an attraction within WWE. I think there's very few people like him in WWE who Can have that sort of superstar presence. They've got guys like Roman Reigns. Who they've groomed to have that. Seth Rollins is another guy. But there isn't really many people. Like Brock Lesnar in WWE today. Who's got that kind of legit background. That they've been really trying to push. With more up and coming talent. Guys and girls like Shayna Baszler. uh, Marina Shafir. Who's now in the Dusty Rhodes. Women's Tag Team Classic. Uh, Other people like Chad Gable. Uh, Kurt Angle, okay, yes, I know I just said it pushing stars and I mentioned Kurt Angle, but you get the point. There's not many people who WWE likes to have who have that credibility to just legitimately beat someone up. They do have guys, but they don't mention every single one of them. And if you have Bray Wyatt beat Brock Lesnar, then... You can build, maybe, if you want, a rematch between The Fiend and Goldberg, because now he has a vendetta, and he can win that! Because then you could say that, by proxy, Wyatt has beaten Goldberg, he's also beaten Lesnar, all is forgiven, or at least a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. I admit that this one is incredibly very short, because I just think that would be a cool thing for Bray, we never really got it, and I think, yeah... Why not do it? Brock Lesnar's a part-time guy. I don't know how many other people he's going to put over. He doesn't seem to really put over... Super small athletic guys. Guys like Finn Balor. At least WWE likes to have it be a little bit more of a bigger guy. Like Drew McIntyre. uh, Seth Rollins. Roman Reigns. All of those people. So I think that's that's a good shout. Is to have Bray get that big win. So moving on to my final pitch... I admit this one was incredibly short. Sure. It's the one that I think is the most plausible, I think, of all the things that I've suggested. And it's one where, in case you did not see my stuff on Twitter, we are going to have ourselves a battle between a fiend and a tribal chief. Roman, 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 Roman Reigns, it's Roman, Roman, Roman Roman Reigns, it's Roman, 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 Roman Roman Reigns. Now I know you'll be asking me, yes, it's Roman Reigns. It is the tribal chief himself, the man who is essentially Roman reignsing himself over all of the SmackDown division. I'm sorry for all the puns. I'm sorry for quoting Roland. But yes, as we roll on from this. That's another pun. It's probably the one to me that makes the most sense. So this is all leaning on the idea that Bray Wyatt wins the Royal Rumble. Because we're getting up to Royal Rumble season. And it looks like Roman Reigns doesn't really have a big challenger. Other than maybe Daniel Bryan. Now that possibility can still happen. But... The seeds have already kind of been planted that you can have Bray Wyatt win the Rumble. If you guys remember Alexa Bliss's early turn, who, who was this mysterious big dog this Alexa Bliss was staring at? By Jove, it was Roman Reigns. With the universal title. As if the person that she, not, not she, Roman lost it to was Bray Wyatt. And that Bray Wyatt lost the belt to Roman. I'm losing all trades of thought right now. And so yes. This scenario. Is one where. You know what. You get a fun little build up feud. Towards Bray Wyatt versus Roman. Where you can have a fun little tag match thing. This goes back to the whole faction idea. Where you can have. Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt team up. For the first time. Against Roman Reigns. And Jey Uso, which I think could be a really fun match. It could be Bo Dallas's coming out party. Hell, if you want Bo Dallas to be part of the group, give him an alter ego. Call him the Preacher, as I think I've already mentioned before. The Preacher and the Fiend versus the Tribal Chief and the Tribal Pupil. I don't know what you'd really call Jey Uso apart from the puppy thing. Because I haven't mentioned anything. That could be a really fun match to build up to. You can kind of tease it. You can have friendly Bray Wyatt instead of the Fiend sort of out there. So we can take a loss and sort of wonder, is he really good enough for a WrestleMania main event match with the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, and then be like, yes, yes, he can. And then he just beats the living S-Word out of Jey Uso. Because that seems to be what everyone's doing at the moment. He just just beat up Jey Uso. It's the new beat up John Cena. As AJ Styles once coined it. So yeah. That could be incredibly fun. WrestleMania season. I think that will be a very fun main event match. It's a pretty cool culmination of. Two guys who were kind of the leaders of their own factions. For a point. Like the Wyatt Family versus the Shield match. That's a great little tie into that. That'll be a fun little video package. It could all be about them being tied together by the strands of time and all that stuff. Hell, I think people have forgotten about this. That brief Bray Wyatt face turn that we got. Sort of during that sort of Wyatt family period. Where he teamed up with Roman Reigns against the League of Nations. And he pointed his hand out and Roman Reigns hit him with the spear. I think that's like a really fun little callback that you can have to that. that They were once like allies. They're they're. It's the WWE's equipment, equipment equivalent of Batman versus the Joker. Quite literally, because Bray Wyatt's face mask looks like freaking a burnt face Joker mask. That's a cool little tie-in. I I think there's a lot of very fun sort of potential with it, and you know what? It goes back to their old feud at Hell in a Cell, in which we got a Let's Go Roman, Let's <laughs> Roman Sucks chant you got that whole thing where people were just wanting Bray Wyatt to get more fun feuds. There's a lot of potential for Bray to really sort of break out in this. Uh, It sounds like a big money match, especially with sort of the star power of the Fiend. And sort of the new reinvention that we've had of the Tribal Chief, the head of the table. You can have this whole thing where Paul Heyman is just warning him about this stuff. Uh, we can have the whole Firefly Funhouse stuff with the walrus that they had which I've already talked about before have it be just sort of it's trying to control Bray Wyatt but he's defying it kind of in a similar way that Roman has this weird relationship with Paul Heyman where he's kind of the boss of him have that cool little duality between the two because they're both it's weird I think there's a lot of duality between Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns Bray Wyatt and both Bray Wyatt and Roman both kind of had fairly unsuccessful beginnings. I think people really tend to forget Leia Key and the early Roman Reigns heel character in NXT. Where he was like, what time is it? It's Roman Reigns time. And Bray Wyatt who started out, as we all know, as Husky Harris. And then he joined the Nexus for a bit. Got beat up by kendo sticks. Then we didn't see him again until NXT. Unless you were watching FCW. In which he came back and everyone first saw him and chanted Husky Harris. There's so much stuff you can play off of here. How they both had kind of rocky starts of their careers. They found themselves leading two factions. Well, the S.H.I.E.L.D., you can argue, wasn't really led by Roman. But it's the company that wanted Roman to be, like, the top face. Uh, I digress. Then they crossed paths with this Wyatt family S.H.I.E.L.D. feud, in which Wyatt came out on top. And then they kind of went their separate ways, and then they kind of went together in a brief little stit. And then they went back and forth, back and forth. I think one of the main things that I look at with this is I go back to an old review by The Solar Monster. I think if you guys listen to Wrestling podcasts, you know about The Solar Monster. And he talks about how Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt were kind of the future of the company. Guys that we all kind of see sort of entertaining from years and years to come. And you got this thing where both paths kind of turned out drastically different. Bray... He started out but he kept on being compared to Undertaker and being put in all these weird random positions. Roman Reigns he was placed into the top guy position where he wasn't fully ready for it and the fans didn't accept it. You can build on those things and just sell this as the main event that should have happened years ago or something like that or WrestleMania, it's about time. Something like that. Something that can really just sort of solidify that these people are now the present of the company. They're no longer the future. They're the present. And I think this is the perfect time to do it. I think Bray winning kind of solidifies him in that main event picture as he's kind of been sort of restricted to just being Undertaker-like. And Roman now is probably one of the biggest heels in the company. And rightfully so, probably one of the most interesting characters. Which is a huge contrast. There's a lot of fun you can have with this. And for me it feels like the Wrestlemania main event. That in my opinion makes the most sense. As weird as it may sound. Because he's on Raw. He didn't get moved. It's the one that to me makes the most sense. For where both characters are right now. And if you don't really feel that. I completely understand. Roman could potentially face Daniel Bryan in a great match this is just kind of where I think it could go so we may as well get to the final part of this and of course it's probably the oddest segment on this podcast it's a podcast thing known as Fantasy Fumble now in case you don't know what Fantasy Fumble is It is the segment on this show where I try and give the weirdest, wackiest storyline idea that just wasn't really good enough for a pitch and just, you know, present it. It's usually mostly improvised and I only really think of one person in particular and see where it goes. So, spoilers, it's always a train wreck. Wreck? Jesus. We're already starting with this. It's always a train wreck. So, without further ado... Fantasy Fumble will begin in three, two, one... FUMBLE! LET THE DUMPSTER FIRE BEGIN! All right, so, Bray Wyatt, we already know he's an incredibly vindictive character, he wants revenge on everyone, but I forgot one more important person that he needs revenge on, and it is, Kevin Dunn. That's right, baby. We're talking about Kevin Dunn because somebody needs to get revenge for that random cockroach thing that happened at WrestleMania in his bloody WWE title match. And we're getting it now. So this is the story. It is talking smack. It is Kevin Dunn being a very special guest, because apparently Sami Zayn, Paul Heyman, or you wanted, wasn't on the show. So first of all, we get him there. He's trying to talk about his power in the WWE, how long he's been there for, and all the wacky camera angles he's developed. Because, oh, Kevin Dunn, he's a wacky, wacky lad. He's a wacky line away from wacky too And you know what he does? He does the crazy 360 shot of the show. He does it of Talking Smack. And then next week, cause he realizes he got so much publicity from this, cause it's his first time on camera. He's not really talked about in storylines. So this is his first on-screen appearance. He goes on the, he's live at ringside, actively giving directions for where the camera should be pointing. And at some point, he decides this is going to be pointed at Kevin Dunn himself. He is so handsome that he wants to show it himself. So that is what happens. Kevin Dunn, doing that. He's doing it for the world. He's doing it for you and me. He's doing it for the whole entire WWE universe. You like that slang term? So the lights go out. And more importantly, Kevin Dunn's camera equipment goes out. The power's out. And when it finally turns back on, and he's got the camera looking at himself. Who's standing behind him? It's the fiend. The fiend chases after Kevin Dunn, yet he narrowly escapes, using distractions like The Miz and other Vendetta Field characters who have filled Bray Wyatt's past. So we get it in the coming weeks Bray Wyatt coming out in the Firefly Funhouse, constantly talking about how he wants to get some new effects on, parody. The random cockroaches from Wrestlemania that he absolutely should despise by now. Do you despise them like I do? They're stupid! They're all really stupid! And so we get that. We get his random weird thing. But as this happens, the camera angles, they start to change. They all start to change. His one's just regular still shot, changed to a side shot. We can see that everything in the studio of the Firefly Funhouse is changing. But who's behind this? Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn has changed the angles. Anytime Bray Wyatt has a match, they're not focusing on Bray Wyatt, They're focusing on commentary. They're focusing on the production truck. Only showing the matches on four different screens. Just so they can get a good look at Kevin Dunn. So we do that. The Fiend, somehow, in the cinematic era clicks, and he arrives at the production truck. He tries to kidnap him again, but it doesn't work. So we build to the next pay-per-view, which I'm gonna say is the Royal Rumble, in which Kevin Dunn, in all of his camera-loving glory, he's a ratings draw, people, enters the Royal Rumble. He enters the Royal Rumble, and he, starts throwing people out. He's getting that big push that we've all wanted to see. That Kevin Dunn singles push. He throws out. Bo Dallas. He throws out. Uh, uh, Jackson Riker. He throws out. <laughs> Alexander Wolf. He throws out all these people. Even your NXT darlings like Johnny Gargano. Then the fiend appears. From underneath the ring, he claws himself out from it. He goes there, he, Kevin Dunn throws wrestlers at him. The Fiend throws them over the top rope. He throws more of them at him, he throws it over the top rope. Until we get to our final four. It's The Fiend, it's Kevin Dunn. It's It's, I don't know, the big show. And it's also, of course, Daniel Bryan. So, this is what happens as we do, we build more. We get more stuff until eventually, The Fiend's lust and revenge for Kevin Dunn. It builds, it builds even more. And they eliminate each other because of Bray's desire. So we do that. We get to the final match. It is a singles hardcore match in which, yes, The Fiend absolutely destroys Kevin Dunn with the mandible claw. He drags him under the ring. And just like that, the powers that have been invested in him, the camera angles of the Firefly Funhouse, the camera angles of WWE have been restored. No more shaky cams. And so just like that, the laws of WWE and all the camera angles have been restored. Kevin Dunn taken off television. And just like that, we're in for a very fun and dramatic Firefly Funhouse. Because at the end of the day, all we had to do, because all we had to do, was just let him in. Honestly, all things considered, I'm pretty proud of that. Like, (laughs) it's, it's the only random, stupid, chaotic thing
1: that I actually
0: kind of enjoy in a weird, sarcastic way. So... I think this is where I wrap everything up here. So, if you enjoyed this, thank you very much for listening if you have. And remember, everybody, wrestling could always use just a little bit more. (laughs) Nope. Never again. We're not dealing with that. This is the outro. Okay. (sighs) I'm never doing a wrestling with facts. That is stupid. That was all stupid. Okay. I'm I'm glad that's over. Probably the most editing I've ever done for an episode throughout a whole thing. So if you enjoyed it, then let me know on Twitter at Connor the Cooper. Or let me know on Instagram at wrestling with fiction. With that I'm gonna quickly question my sanity, so. Uh, see you all! I hope you have a lovely day! And remember, everybody, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all! Good night, everybody!